Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Finish Strong Friday presented by you guys, the great winners and listeners of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast that help us spread the word about the best football podcast in the galaxy. We want winners. I want winners. I want people that want to win. We want people like the spread the word winner, Blaze DiNatale, who liked the Andrew Brandt Ross Tucker Football Podcast from Wednesday on Facebook Remember, all the social media for me is at Ross Tucker NFL. So it's like Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram, YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I mean, basically, if you don't know what to do in life, just Google Ross Tucker NFL and everything will be happy after that. It's like it's like a it's like drinking a daddy soda. Um, he liked it on Facebook. All of the social media stuff for the shows are at Ross Tucker Pod where intern Casey's incredible. So, Blaze, hit me up with an email, ross at rosstucker.com, whatever you want, bro. Sign picture, sign football card. When Anytime you engage with any of our social media posts or mine, you're helping us, I'm going to reward one of you guys every week. That's the promise. Sponsor confirmation email winner, Mike Scharf. Mike's a rock star. So, first of all, evidently his wife got a cameo for me, which is a video shout out that I did. Secondly, he rated and reviewed all the shows and sent those to me. Thank you, Mike. And he signed up for DraftKings and used the the DraftKings Sportsbook app and used the code Ross. So, Mike, you went above and beyond. Please let me know whether you want a signed Buffalo Bills picture or a signed football card. I've got Cowboys, Redskins. I guess I can say Redskins because it's a Redskins card. And Buffalo Bills. The YouTube subscriber of the week, that's Matthew Nichols. We're almost at 500 subscribers, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. If you want to see what my home studio looks like, make sure you go there. We're putting some exclusive content up on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. So Matthew, here's the deal. You got to email me, ross at rosstucker.com. Let me know who you want me to give the shout out to. 
I'll do a video on my phone. I'll post it to the YouTube page. I'll email you the link. And boom, you've got a video shout out for whoever you want. What I want, what you guys want on Fridays, we want Greg Cosell. We need Greg Cosell. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg. So it has been so fun going through Cosell's concepts with you over the last two plus months. I think it's been like 10 episodes. And we're going to continue that because we don't have any preseason games. So we're going to continue that, Greg. But for this week and next week, there were two very topical things I wanted to get into with you. Today, there have been a lot of guys that have opted out. And you break down the video of these guys, what they do, what their roles are, what they mean for their teams better than anybody. So rather than just saying this guy opted out, this guy opted out, like what's the team actually losing? Like what, what did they have in this guy and what are they losing? And then next week, now that we know what training camp schedule is, Greg, and we know how many padded practices there are and we know, I really thought it'd be interesting to talk about the position groups that will be most and least affected by the limited practice time. And I've got strong opinions on that that we'll get into next week. Really, really looking forward to that here on the Ross Tucker football podcast. But let's start with some of the opt-outs. And actually, even Greg, before we get to the opt-outs, and everybody knows Greg's the star of the NFL matchup show. (laughs) Follow him on Twitter, at Greg Cosell. Before we get into some of the opt-outs, Greg, I did want to ask you, LaShawn McCoy has had an unbelievable career, signs with the Bucks yesterday. I didn't go through and watch all every snap he had last year. I think he played like 13, 14 games for the Chiefs. What, if anything, does he still have left? Well, I think you're signing him to be at peace, Ross. You know, he's past the point where he's a feature back. I don't think they see him that way. I think they probably look at Ronald Jones as that guy to be sort of the primary back. Um, You know, they also have a rookie who's a very interesting player named Raymond Calais, who they drafted late, but he's a very explosive player. So I think they look at McCoy as coming in. Uh, He still has some juke to him. He's still got a little juice. I think you can look at him as a guy that if you can get 15 to 20 snaps a game, uh, he's always been a good receiver. You can use him in specific style runs. He's he's a good sort of draw runner at this point. Uh, but I think you bring him in as a complimentary piece. That's where he is at this stage of his career. And I'm sure they didn't pay him a ton of money. I didn't see what the numbers were, but I'm sure that he, he's being brought in. Uh, assuming he makes the team, you don't even know that. But if he does, he's a compliment. Yeah, I mean, he he signed for the veteran minimum. Uh, So I guess that says a lot about him. He's made a lot of money. So the fact that he wants to play for the minimum, I think, says a lot about him. You know, the numbers were not real good for him last year, but there are some plays where it looked like he still had that trademark wiggle and still had the burst that I remember seeing. So I'll be curious to see what he can give them. They don't really have a, a real veteran guy there. Speaking of running backs, Greg, probably the most noteworthy opt-out just because of what he did in the Super Bowl and because the team he's on and for fantasy football purposes is Damian Williams. The Chiefs starting running back has opted out of the 2020 season. The question there, Greg, is 
How good is Damian Williams? How much of a difference maker was he? Or was he more or less a product of Andy Reid's system and that explosive Chiefs offense? I think he's probably more a product. I think he's a nice player within that scheme because he's a very, very good receiver and, in fact, was used predominantly that way prior to becoming a Chief. So I think that he's a nice player within that scheme. Now, I know from a fantasy perspective, everybody is running to get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and we'll see how that plays out. But they also have Daryl Williams, who was there last year and played well until he got hurt. Um, they also brought in DeAndre Washington, who'd been in the league with the Raiders, who was a nice back and kind of fits that system as well. So uh, Williams, and everybody remembers him, obviously, because of the Super Bowl, and he is a good football player. I don't think that he's the kind of guy where when you lose him, you feel like the offense gets short-circuited by any stretch of the imagination. This is an explosive passing team in which the run game is second to the passing element. So here's my question. You know, and we'll talk about this more next week as it relates to rookies, new players, You know, Edwards Hilaire is not going to get very many live pass blocking reps in training camp. And so I didn't study him like you. I know he's a good runner. I know he's a good receiver. How good of a pass protector is he? Because they, I don't know, I don't know how to tell you this, Greg, but that Patrick Mahomes guy, he's kind of a big deal. He's kind of important. And I just don't know if they're going to put a kid back there if they're worried about how he'll hold up either mentally or physically in pass protection. And he might have, what, eight padded practices and no games to show what he can do? What kind of pass protector was he at LSU? Well, your point is a great one. I think he's a very willing pass protector. He's a physical kid. But you and I both know that all the different front looks and pressure looks get in the NFL are far more advanced than they are in college football, even if you come from the SEC. And I have always believed, and I was taught this early on, that running backs, particularly in in longer yardage situations, versus nickel and dime defenses, they need to understand fronts and pressures just as much as the quarterback. They need to understand their protection and how it applies to the front that they're playing against. And that's what you have to learn, because there's so much more detail and nuance involved in the NFL, as you know, Ross, than there is in college football. Now, the one advantage that they may have is teams are not as quick to blitz Patrick Mahomes and those Chiefs receivers as they might other teams because of the vertical speed that they possess. Because the last thing a defensive coordinator wants against any team, but certainly the Chiefs present that more than any team in the league, is that vertical ability. So that's the one thing that he might have going for him, but he's still going to have a lot to learn mentally. And you can sit in the classroom all day long and you can walk through it all day long on on a field in shorts and a T-shirt But until it happens in the game, it's a whole different animal. Correct. And I've seen guys, Greg, that are really good in the meeting room and while they're watching film. And I've seen other guys, they really just can't – they they just don't get it until they do it physically. They they need to – whether it's a walkthrough or they need to do it physically. And really, walkthroughs are great, but you know – 
that that guy's not about to come run your ass over in a right. walkthrough. You know what I mean? It's like it's the same with I have a bunch of quarterbacks I play with, Greg. They were awesome when they had the red can't touch me jersey on. <laughs> but when the element of these guys are coming to try to kill me happens, it changes the dynamic a little bit. Uh, I wonder if that stunts Edwards Hilaire's growth a little bit uh, with the limited practice time from a pass protection standpoint. Really, really curious. And, you know, it's not the only issue the Chiefs have. You know, now they have Laurent Duvarnay-Tardif as well, who opted out after we spoke last Friday. And so now they have, Greg, both guards are kind of question marks. I know they signed Kelechi Osemele, but both guards kind of question marks. And also then there's some – there could be some chemistry issues. You know, the communication. Everybody's working with somebody next to them now on both sides of the ball. So, look, I still think I still think breaking news, Greg, the Chiefs are going to be a pretty good team, but you know, it's not uh it's not as smooth maybe as everybody wants to make it sound. The other team I think is interesting is the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. You know, I feel like people forget, Greg, they've kind of lost a decent amount of guys this offseason. I mean, you lose Stefan Diggs on offense and then defensively Trey Wayne, Mackenzie Alexander, Xavier Rhodes, uh, Everson Griffin at this point, and the guy they brought in, you know, no more Lynn Bell Joseph, the guy they brought in to hold it down in the run game, Michael Pierce, he just opted out. I mean, that was a big free agent signing for them. He was going to be the one holding the point, Greg. They, they had a ton of draft picks to try to reinforce things, but – we know that the draft picks are probably going to be slowed because of this. What What are your thoughts on Michael Pierce opting out? From what I can tell, they don't really have a guy that can do what they needed him to do. That's a big move because that they're a 4-3 front, and that one technique, no shade, is a really important piece. We saw how important Linville Joseph was to that defense, their run defense, over the last number of years. And keep in mind – and I don't know the exact stat from a year ago, but they've been an outstanding third down defense for years and years now under Zimmer, the last number of years for sure. Um, And how do you get to third down? You get to third down by winning the early downs. Linville Joseph was a really important piece. And Michael Pierce, kind of an unknown overlooked player on the Baltimore Ravens defense the last couple of years, but he is a 340-pound interior monster really good run player, really stout, and they brought him in to be that no shade, that one technique defensive tackle. So now the question is, what do they do? Um, you know, they have Shamar Stefan, who's been there for a couple of years. You know, he's played some three technique as well. Um, they have a kid named Armand Watts, who's about 295 pounds, which is not considered big enough to play the one technique. They've got a kid from Iowa from a couple of years ago named Jaleel Johnson Ross, who's probably more suited to be a three technique type. Stefan probably best fits that nose shade, nose tackle role. So they might have to make some adjustments there, but that's an important piece to their base defense, a very important piece. I want to make sure we get to the Patriots because they're they're the most notable, I think, with the opt-outs they've had. Marcus Cannon, Dante Hightower, (laughs) Patrick Chung, Brandon Bolden, Danny Vitale. I guess when I give you those names, Greg, which one 
jumps out to you as being, you know, the biggest, the biggest yeah. hit to the Patriots? Boy, I mean, Hightower is a really good football player, a really good football player. And, you know, maybe people obviously know who he is because the Patriots play in playoff games and Super Bowls. But he's not necessarily a sack guy, so people don't think of him. He's not a stat guy. But he's incredibly multiple and multidimensional within the context of that defense. He's a big loss. Now, Patrick Chung's been a fascinating player to me over the years because Chung was always a guy you looked at. And you remember he came to Philly for a year and just flamed right out. He's always a guy you look at and you think, well, he can't do this and he can't do that. But for years and years and years, all he's done is play man-to-man against tight ends, which you don't think he can do well. But he's done it really well because Bill Belichick plays a ton of man coverage. So now who's going to do that? It's probably going to be Terrence Brooks, who's been there and certainly has the physical traits to do that. But it becomes a question mark. So I think losing Hightower and Brooks, excuse me, Hightower and Chung, there's definite questions there as to how they're going to be replaced, particularly in a defense that has a lot of detail and a lot of nuance and a lot of checks. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, You get to the O-line, I guess we'll find out who plays right back. I don't think they don't have have a guy right now. I don't think they they have a guy right now. No, I mean they, they really don't have a guy right now and I'm sure they'll tr- they'll figure it out somehow, but they also don't have Dante Scarnecchia. Right. I mean it's it's a it's a problem. There's no there's no question about it. It's a problem. And and one other thing, you know, the fullback. They're they're a team, you know, they they've used the fullback really really effectively over the years. We all know about Devlin, uh who's been there play has often played a ton of snaps. I mean, 40, 45% of snaps. The Super Bowl run when they beat the Rams, fell down the stretch. They were running the football out of 21 personnel, meaning two backs and only one tight end. And I think they brought in Vitaly to be that guy because he's very good at that. And obviously, they don't have that guy now. Yeah, it's um, I, they certainly are the team that's been hit the hardest by it. Were you expecting very much, Greg, from Devin Funches in Green Bay? Um, honestly, no, I think he's one of those guys that's, you know, he's a compete guy. He'd get snaps in Green Bay simply because they don't have a ton of quality depth, but I don't necessarily think he's anything more than, than an average to maybe slightly above average wide receiver. Now, again, he might have gotten targets simply because he would line up and play, but I don't think he's a higher level NFL wideout. You know, it's interesting. We were talking about Michael Pierce. And you described it very well and the role he plays and how important he is. I feel like you could say similar things about Eddie Goldman in Chicago, yes. Star Latulale in Buffalo. These are guys that don't typically generate that much pass rush, but they're so good against the run that they help you get to third and long. And they've all gotten paid as a result. I mean, the, the teams highly value these guys. Yeah, Eddie Goldman is, you know, is another guy that's a really interesting player. He's a really good player. And now, you know, if you kind of look at their defense, again, you see some names that you don't you're not really familiar with, and now you have question marks. So, you know, when you pencil in the season and you do all your offseason work, even though it was all virtual this year, you're counting on Eddie Goldman as a one technique again, uh, you know, a strong nose shade, one technique. He's a really, really good run defender. He allows Akeem Hicks to be a really good player as well. And Hicks, of course, is still there. And he's a terrific player. 
But Goldman is a really good player. See, it's, it's these guys like Goldman, like Pierce, because they're not sack guys, boss, and you know this from playing interior line. But these guys are so critical to defenses. And if you don't have that guy, the physical battle gets tougher to win. And say what you want about the NFL and the spreads and the three wide and the 11 personnel and the passing game, but there's still a physical element to football. And if you can't line up and play defense with physicality up front, you're going to have issues. There is no doubt about it. Uh, the only thing I would say about Nate Solder opting out, Greg, oh. is on some level, it lets them just put Andrew Thomas at left tackle, the rookie fourth overall pick, and kind of start start his career there where he's accustomed to from Georgia. But then the bigger question is right tackle then. They drafted a kid out of Connecticut named Matt Pyre, who played started four years at UConn, Two years at right tackle, two years at left tackle. He could end up being the starting right tackle. Now, he is incredibly gifted physically, but there's a lot for him to learn. And I don't know if you're familiar with him at all. If you just look at his tape, and I watched him closely this past year coming out of Connecticut. Boy, does he look the part. Big, athletic, long arms, really long arms. But, you know, you may they just may have to ride it out with two rookie tackles. His name is Greg Cosell. You already know that. You check him out on Twitter, at Greg Cosell. He's fantastic. He joins us every week here, and everybody loves it. It's our most downloaded episode, as you might imagine. Greg, you're the man. Excited Thanks, for us. Appreciate week. it. All right. There he is, Greg Cosell. He's amazing. You know what else is amazing? That there's actually some sports back, like the NBA last night. That Clippers-Lakers game, awesome. Pelicans, Jazz, very cool. I didn't know who I should bet in those games, which is why I love betql.co or the betql app. If you guys like putting a little action on games over at DraftKings Sportsbook app using the code Ross, that's the place to do it. Betql is the one that gives you their best bets. Their algorithm scans hundreds of data points to give you their best bet recommendation. I know a bunch of the guys on our private Slack channel, the patrons, patreon.com slash RT Media, talk about it often, how much they like BetQL. If you use the code Ross20, you know, it's like a monthly subscription deal. You get 20% off your first payment. So why not check it out? Use the code Ross20 and check it out this month or September when football starts and see if it helps you or not. Uh, you might as well, right? Ducks takes. Let's start today, Ross, with some of these opt-outs that you and Greg already discussed, uh, but your takes. Giants, Nate Solder, Chiefs, Damian Williams. Right, and I guess I, I, I remain a little bit surprised at how many guys have opted out, and there's still, to my knowledge, Bry, no deadline as to when these guys have to decide, so there may even be more guys that opt out. Or maybe some of these guys are waiting and giving it as much time as they can to see what the protocols are like, you know, what the procedures are like. Is there an outbreak anywhere before they have to decide? I mean, right now they don't decide till August 6th now is my understanding. And, and until they sign something, that, that opt-out deadline just keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. So guys are able to really get more information before they make that decision. That said, if you're going to opt out, I don't think you'd be flying to the city and getting on a plane and then getting tested and being in the facility only to say, I'm going to opt out and fly back. That, that seems sort of counterintuitive to me. 
We also had a bunch of player transactions over the past few days. Bucks signing running back LaShawn McCoy. You and Greg obviously already talked about that one. Falcons signing Darquez Denard and the Saints signing linebacker Nigel Bradham. Right. It's that time of year. I mean, training camp's here. If you want a job, you better sign somewhere now. Saints making sure they have depth everywhere. Falcons needed a corner desperately, and they benefit from whatever happened with Denard and the Jags where that deal fell through. And for LaShawn McCoy, just seems like it's worth a shot. I mean, one-year minimum. If he doesn't look like he's any juice in training camp, they could cut him, right? I don't know if they'll do that, but Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be on the team. That Raymond Calais guy is going to be on the team. Ronald Jones is going to be on the team. So LaShawn's got to prove that he deserves to be there. So those were the guys that got picked up. Here are the guys that got dropped. Panthers cut longtime kicker Graham Gano. Packers claim John Lovett after he was released by the Kansas City Chiefs. So Graham Gano has been their kicker for a while. They, they, they take like $3 million of dead cap money this year. The Panthers have over $40 million in dead cap money this year. It's very smart. They're getting rid of all the dead cap money now in rules first year. And by the way, they know that next year the salary cap is going to be a lot lower. So get rid of the dead cap money now before the cap's a lot lower next year. Makes sense. Um, you know, they got another kicker. I forget, the, I forget who they have that they'll go with. John Lovett, the only reason why he's here is because he might be like the best football player Princeton's ever had. I mean, two-time Ivy League player of the year, two-time Ivy League champion, had an unbelievable career. Now, he's not like the most talented pro prospect that Princeton's ever had. They've had other guys. Karan Reed was unbelievable. Seth DeValve got drafted in the fourth round. But I'm talking about what they did for the university. John Lovett was the Tim Tebow of the Ivy League. He was unreal. I wouldn't bet against him. He reminds me a lot of Kyle Juszczyk. And I think it's very smart of the Packers to have picked him up. Some other news includes Niners general manager John Lynch gets a contract extension. Buffalo Bills sending their rookies home from the facility after five positive COVID tests. Vic Beasley continuing to be an unexcused absence in Tennessee. And Virginia Tech cornerback Caleb Farley becoming the first top draft prospect to announce that he's sitting out this season. So we were having fun with this on uh, the Tuckheads Slack channel for the Tuckheads patrons, patreon.com slash RT Media. And they were saying they like the extension for Lynch. I said, look, pretty clearly, the key to having a good GM these days is to get a former player who goes into the media, and that's it. That's the formula. And went to a good school. He went to Stanford. That's the formula. So if anybody wants to get at me, you know how to find me on social media at Ross Tucker NFL or email me Ross at Ross Tucker.com. That's all you need to have a good GM. I'm ready. My phone is right here. Cell phone right here. Boom. By the way, you guys that watch this podcast now on YouTube, you see my backdrop, you know, with my game balls and helmets. Hopefully you're checking out those new YouTube videos where you can see the soundproofing equipment, the frame jerseys. We're going to get like behind the scenes of my camera set up. Intern Casey had a really interesting idea that I'm going to save for later. We also have the exercise room over there. So if you want to see what it's really like, kind of how I live, 
Make sure you're checking out those new YouTube videos. Um, but anyway, we were joking about that on the Tuckhead Slack channel. I don't really understand the five positive tests for the Bills. It sounds like some of these guys, Bri, tested negative and then a day or two later tested positive. I'm a little unclear as to the details. And I'm also, I guess I'm ignorant as to how it seems like that's happening. Where like guys are getting two negative tests and then the third one's positive. Um, I'm not quite sure how that happens. If it just takes longer for the infection to happen or I, I, I don't know, to actually get infected. Uh, Vic Beasley, I guess he's supposed to show up at some point. But the GM made it clear he's an unexcused absence. That's a weird situation. Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, I, I did a couple of their games. He is supposed to be a first-round pick. Um, I did a couple of their games a couple of years ago. And I think there will be more college football players that do this. I mean, first of all, let's see if there's a college season at all. Secondly, I do think there will be more college players that do this because it's like, wait a minute, we can't even really win the national championship. It's a weird season. It might get stopped. What am I risking my orthopedic health and my COVID health for to go out there? And this, on some level, is just sort of the same evolution of what we saw from Christian McCaffrey skipping a bowl game, Nick Bosa skipping the second half of the year. And I think the NFL players opting out and COVID kind of give Caleb Farley and guys like that a little bit of a cover to do something that perhaps they, they might have wanted to do anyway. Let's get to an email, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address, ross at rostucker.com. So if you want to get into the season-long fantasy league with me and Joe Dolan, you know how to do that. If you want to be a YouTube subscriber, if you want to have a sponsor confirmation question, very simple, ross at rostucker.com. Easy email address to remember. What do you got, Brian? Hey, Ross, really enjoy the podcast. I always enjoy seeing you at the link. I work at the stadium and have talked to you in the elevator a few times. Now, that being said, here are my two questions. Number one, as per your recommendation, I went to Pizza Boy Brewing for the first time. I got a plain slice as well as a blue-collar lager. They were both very good. Want to get a recommendation from you as far as what you like to eat and drink the next time I go? That's question one. Question number two. I'm not sure how you feel, but I've always gotten the notion that the Cowboys are overrated. People rave about their talent, but I think there's talent on any every NFL team. Do you think that Dallas gets overhyped more for the organization's popularity or the media's crazy, strange hatred for Jason Garrett? Anyway, uh, look forward to cracking open a daddy soda while listening to your show. God bless. That's from Zach Flaherty. Zach, that's awesome. And Zach, by the way, became a, uh, a patron. So appreciate that, Zach. Uh, let's start with Pizza Boy Brewing. It's Owls of Hampton is the restaurant. Pizza Boy Brewing is the brewing company. Um, that's cool that you went there, Zach. Neither one of those would have been my choice. So I'm not a lot. Th their IPAs are unbelievable. So they have a double IPA, front side, lip side. It's 11%. So good. I love... Uh, Murrin River is an IPA I really like that they have. Um, you've got a friend in IPA 
is an IPA that they have that I really like. Um, I think it's called their new pineapple one is really good. Um, Citrus Plus is really good. I mean, I'm an IPA guy, Zach, and they've got a lot. Like if you look at my fridge, it's pretty much all Pizza Boy IPAs. Absolutely delicious. And those are some of my favorite. Uh, you got a friend in IPA, Murren River, Frontside, Lipside, and the new pineapple one. I'm not remembering right now exactly what it's called. It's is your plus. is your fridge going to be on the next YouTube video? The behind the scenes? That's a great idea, Bri. That's a great idea. I've thought about that. Like that should be a, sh- a television show or a social media show, which is like, show me your fridge. Show me what you got. Show me what you're working with. I think for both food and drinks, show me your fridge. I should not have said this on the show. Somebody else is going to do it. Somebody else is going to take my idea now. Um, as for the Cowboys, well, listen, Zach, they're always going to be overhyped. Always. Right? So there's always going to be more. It, it's They're the Cowboys. They're the most popular team. Uh, they, they're Well, they're the most popular team, and they're the most talked about team because nobody's neutral on the Cowboys. It's like the Yankees. You either love the Cowboys or you hate them. There's nobody neutral. And so they're always going to be the most hyped. I don't know that they've been overrated from a talent standpoint. I mean, you think about, you know, Zeke and Amari Cooper and the guys they've had recently. Um, I think that they have a lot of talent. I think they have had a lot of talent. And they just haven't been able to quite get over the hump to an NFC Championship game or to the Super Bowl. Shout outs to Pizza Boy Brewing. I guess they got an extra shout out there, Zach. Dynastyfreaks.com. Big time guest on Monday. Very, very excited about it. Check social media at Ross Tucker Pod at Ross Tucker NFL for to find out who it is, but you're gonna love it. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.